0: Consolation. You almost made it. Uh, welcome to yet another installment of Imogen watches classic films. Dude, welcome. Shit is going so well so far. I just, uh whatever. Listen, let's talk about this classic film, Sleepaway Camp 2, Unhappy Campers. Uh, look, I'll, I, I'm gonna lo- I'll level with you it's not as good as Sleepaway Camp 1. And here's why. Um, Angela's kind of preachy in this one. Like, don't get me wrong. It's a great movie. It's a movie about a trans girl who's just on a murder spree. And like I said, when I was talking about Sleepaway Camp Part 1, we need more movies like that. You know what I mean? Um, but... At the same time, in Sleepaway Camp Part 2, Angela is a little bit less of, like, a like a sympathetic narrator. You know what I mean? She, um... I'm getting ahead of myself. So, if you didn't listen or if you don't know about Sleepaway Camp Part 1, it's a movie about a young trans girl who just murders everyone who fucks with her, right? Like, anybody fucks with her, she kills them. Which is great. Which, there's not, like, a lot of character development. There, She doesn't even have any, like, obstacles to reaching her goal in that, like... Robert McKee, like, screenwriter kind of sense, whatever. She just, it's its satisfying because it's just a direct line from her getting fucked with and killing people over and over again. It's pretty satisfying. Um, this one, though, her thing, so she's older. This one takes place a few years older. She's no longer a camper at sleepaway camp. Now she is a counselor at sleepaway camp. Uh, that's, like, the other sleepaway camp down the road. And it opens with like a bunch of the like counselors and campers from the new sleepaway camp which is called camp rolling hills they're like telling scary stories and then one of them their scary story that they tell is about like it's based it's just like the plot of Boy camp part one um and then angela shows up and she murders this girl i forget why she like murders this girl for some reason and then like cuts out her tongue right she's like you shouldn't say things like that or something um, which is fine. Um and then you get like the Sleep Boy Camp music and it's all like cool, like 80s like metal. This is the soundtrack, the credits theme is is like killer. It got stuck in my head like for a couple minutes after it ended. Um But the problem is, here's the problem. The problem with this one is right. Uh, Angela is at that point in a lot of trans girls lives where she's like, okay, I've got this trans shit down. I'm like good at it now. I um, am gonna be like the gender police. And so she's a counselor in the, she has a cabin um, of girls who are like her campers. One of the weird things about this movie is like, what the fuck age is anyone? Like she's a counselor, but she's counseling these girls who have like They're, like, Tanner Fives, dude. Their boobs are, like, you know, like, grown-up boobs. And I, I only bring up their boobs because you see a lot of boobs in this movie. Like, I guess the Friday the 13th, the first one, was all about how Jason Voorhees hates teenagers having sex because he, like, originally died when the counselors were having sex, and so he murders teenagers who are having sex... And I guess that introduced the idea of like, there should be a lot of boobs in slasher movies. And I should also acknowledge here that I don't really care about slasher movies that much. Um, But here we are, (laughs) you know, uh, talking about volume two and what I believe winds up being a quintilogy. Uh, Anyway, there's like, Angela kills the person and then there's credits and then they get, they cut to like the, the cabin where she's a counselor and it's all these girls and one of them sleeps naked. It's just like, there's her boobs. Her boobs are like all over the place. And um, she like doesn't want to put on clothes. She's like, no, these are my boobs. So I'm having my boobs out. And Angela's like, you should wear a nightgown because that's what like good girls do. And anyway, that's like sort of what Angela's into. She's like, no, I know how to be a girl and y'all are doing it wrong and I'm gonna fucking murder you for being a girl wrong. And so she like, what does she do? There's these two stoner girls who are sisters, who the other campers refer to as the shit sisters because their last name sounds like shit, like the word shit, but I don't remember what exactly it is, but they're like super stoned all the time and they have cool like 80s metal hair and the one girl's like, her shirt is all like cut up and modified so it's like more 80s metal and stoner Um, and I feel like Angela, like, knocks one of them out, and then while the one shit sister is knocked out, Angela murders the other shit sister, and, like, lights are on fire so that when the shit sister who is alive longer wakes up, she can have this, like, jump scare with her, like, this girl's, like, burned up sister's, like... Skeleton is terrifying And then she lights the second shit sister On fire too Um And so she kills the shit sisters I guess probably for smoking weed Um Which Everybody knows that in real life girls do sometimes But Angela's really rigid In her thinking about like what women Can and can't do and again She's a teenage trans girl you know what I mean She's got her own like schemas For how the world works and how she can feel safe And feel like she fits in and, at the end of the day, I'm in a root for a trans girl who murders people, you know what I mean? We all are, that's that's what heroism is. And so, it kind of, I don't know, it goes on like this. She kills a bunch of girls, I think she probably kills girls for having sex, she kills one girl for talking too much with, like, a guitar string, I think. Um, the movie, I'm not gonna lie to you, dude, the movie, it starts off fine, like, it's not great, and then it really sags towards the middle, um, and then it also sucks towards the end, except that once you get, like, towards the end, there is some cool stuff, um, like, oh, there's one girl, I forget why Angela murders this girl, but, um, (coughs) sorry, I have, like, a cold or something, um, She murders this one girl by like stuffing her into a camp toilet. Like one of those big wood like raised things where everybody just poops in a hole all summer and then it's like disgusting. She like pours, if she like stuffs this one girl into there, I forget what her crime was, but um, that's how she kills one girl. And then like, I wasn't paying that much attention, but I guess like when she got pushed in the camp toilet and died. Then Angela like pulled her corpse out and it was covered in slugs. And she like brings it to, one of the things that's like better towards the end after the movie kind of sags in the middle is that she has this like corpse cabin where she's keeping all the bodies of all the like girls that she's murdered. And I guess she winds up murdering some guys too, but for, for a while it seems like she's just policing all the other girls like girlhoods and womanhoods and femininity or whatever. Um, and I know I've talked on this podcast before about how I don't really feel like I need to see any women get murdered on screen, like, ever again, which is part of the reason why I usually don't really care about slasher movies, because, like, that's, that's what happens in slasher movies, right? It's women getting murdered, but, (coughs) you know, I'm making an exception for this one. I mean, fucking watch anything, dude, I don't care, but, uh... It it feels a little bit less fucked up knowing that Angela is a trans girl, but it still is like, you know It'd be better if she was just murdering all the dudes, right? Like she killed a lot more dudes than girls in the first sleepaway camp Um, but like I said, it's a it's a challenging chapter because it's a challenging stage of her life. She's really struggling to figure out what it means to be, like, a post-pubescent woman, right? Like, she doesn't say anything about it, but somebody, one of the counselors in the opening scene, is like, yeah, dude, she got a sex change, and now she's blah, blah, something, something. Um, and since he was telling pretty much faithfully the story of the first Sleepaway Camp movie, I guess, you know, somehow, sounds like Angela managed to get bottom surgery <laughs> uh, I, you know the backstory probably doesn't add up that clearly but it seems like they're implying that she's had bottom surgery she's been on hormones for a while she's like you know effectively um, transitioned whatever that means and so She's got the, like, transition stuff down, right? Which is hard to get down when you're, like, 17 to be past all that stuff. And even, like, older folks, right? Like, even older people who transition later will often get to the point where they're done with that, like, physical transition stuff. And they'll be like, well, fuck, now what do I do? You know what I mean? And so I feel like that's the moment in Angela's life when we meet her in Sleepaway Camp 2, Unhappy Campers. And the corpse cabin is awesome, dude. It's good. It's, like... Scary, there's the girl with the slugs all over her face, and, like, the, like, burned-up skeletons of the shit sisters are there, and just, like, all these other people that she's murdered, um, and there's a point, there's, like, this kind of, oh yeah, there's, okay, so there's this part where there's these two kids, these two boys, and, like, one of them dresses up as Freddy Krueger and puts a bunch of, like, gross shit on his face, and the other one puts on a hockey mask and has, like, a machete and the freddy krueger one has a like freddy krueger glove right and they're like we're gonna really like scare the other campers or whatever by dressing up as these like these slasher movie monsters whatever i don't know if the nightmare on elm street movies count as slashers because i guess for me the distinction is there that slashers like don't generally have that much supernatural stuff in them although Jason Voorhees got brought back to life by, like, lightning at one point. But I guess, like, the premise isn't really supernatural, right, the premise of Friday the 13th is just that Jason's this, like, jerk. And the, the premise of Sleepaway Camp, similarly, is that this trans girl just kills people. Um, and both of those things are things that can happen in real life, right, like, those aren't, those are different from Freddy Krueger, who has, like, supernatural nightmare powers which I, I find a lot more compelling. I don't know. I think (coughs) I've had conversations with other, I was talking to Red, do you know Red Durkin? I was talking to Red Durkin about this, about how, like, I don't know, sometimes it feels like watching movies about, like, cis people and their problems can feel a little bit like, okay, whatever, when, um, and it can feel a lot easier, like, as someone who's, like, pretty specifically marginalized in a way that there's not often that much light shown on to be like, oh, yeah, the thing that really resonates with me is, like, supernatural shit or shit that's, like, beyond the realm of the, like, stories that cis people tell for cis people about cis people, right? Or even about trans people that are still told by cis people for cis people. Uh, And so I think that's probably why I think supernatural horror and monsters and stuff like that is better than other things. But anyway i'm trying to remember what else happens in this oh yeah right so so there's these kids and they're like we're gonna dress up like freddy krueger and jason Voorhees, and scare the other campers but then angela murders them which is great she should murder them and then the weird thing okay right so the weird thing about these murders is that she murders the jason Voorhees kid by slitting his throat with the freddy krueger kids freddy krueger glove that he made which like what that means is that that Freddy Krueger glove was made of like murder knives right like he he was like you were just going to scare other people but you were going to do it with knives that you could have killed them with like you didn't have any kind of like safety precautions going on at all around this stuff and so in a way i feel like angelo was especially right to murder those two people right like those kids could have done real harm with their fucking machete and knife glove um, so, that was cool. I think their corpses are in the corpse cabin. I'm trying to remember what happens after the corpse cabin. There's this, like, there's this, like, final girl thing that happens, but the final girl thing is kind of a joke. Um, there's this one girl, and, like, she's, like, running away from Angela, and Angela's like, I'm gonna kill you, and they fight, dude. The fighting in this movie is so unimpressive. Like, they just kind of, like, scuffle on the ground, and, like, it's worth seeing. It's, it's like they like it seems unlikely that they hired some like 80s equivalent of a mixed martial arts expert to choreograph the fight scenes you know what I mean it'll be like Angela and this other girl just like one will like kind of like fall on top of the other one and then they'll flip over and one will run away and then the other will get up slowly and then run after her um and then they wind up at this like cliff right where the is like I'm going to push you off this cliff. And the girl's like, don't push me off this cliff. And Angela's like, no, I'm pushing you off the cliff. And she pushes this girl off the cliff. And the girl, like, falls off the cliff. And then you see that the cliff is, like, five feet up. You're, like, on a rock. And she's falling, like, five feet. And she fell onto another rock, right? Like, falling five feet onto a rock will hurt you. But you're like, is that really? Like, that's the best they could do to make a scene where Angela pushes a girl off a rock to her death. She just, like, fell, like, a couple feet. Um, and it seems kind of bullshit, but then you're rewarded for thinking that that's kind of bullshit, because a couple scenes later, the girl just, like, gets up. She's like, oh, I'm not dead, and she, like, walks away. Um, and then she, like, runs away, and then, um, what happens? More stuff. I want to, feel like every one of these podcasts that I've done so far, I've had stuff that I forgot to tell you about, and I didn't want to go back and record, like, a, like, have like the law and order sound happen at the end of the podcast and then tell you more stuff. I feel like that's kind of, I was going to say that's kind of bullshit. Like that's cheating, but I don't think it's actually cheating. I think it's fine to do that. That's just like, I don't want to establish a precedent where I like do more work than just talk shit into my phone on the way home. You know what I mean? So, (coughs) uh, right. So there's a thing that happens early on where Angela plays this song. There's like a meeting at the camp and she's got an acoustic guitar and she's named counselor of the week. And as like a reward for being named counselor of the week, she's allowed to sing this song with an acoustic guitar and so she stands in front of all the campers and she sings this song with the acoustic guitar about being a happy camper and maybe it's like a traditional camp song uh i i don't know i don't know that much about traditional camp songs i went to camp a lot but i went to like nerd camp where we you know whatever anyway uh she sings this song about being a happy camper and all the kids even the kids who are like too cool for school or too cool for the other kids all like do like hand motions as they sing along with her and there's like two other counselors next to her who like help sing they all like make a really like a a pretty cool production out of singing the I'm a happy Canberra song um and it looks actually like Angela is playing the chords too right she's like totally making the shapes with her fingers of like C and G chords which is nice um and there's a callback to it towards the end of the movie where she's, I think she's sleeping. There's this like blue filter and they start out playing the I'm a happy camper song. Like, you know, the thing where they slow the Justin Bieber song down like 800 times and it sounds like dead can dance. Um, it's not that slow, but they slow it down. It's like a weird decision. Cause it just sounds strange. It's like not that cool. And gradually it speeds up to normal speed. But as she is like, dreaming to the soundtrack of this song she's also having like a montage of the murders that she's committed over the course of this movie which is nice because one of the things that sleepaway camp 2 unhappy campers really does well is that it's 80 minutes long like i feel like movies should not be more than 80 minutes long and like horror movies often especially like kind of like low budget horror movies really get that i feel like That's an important thing to remember that not enough movies remember. And it's cool because when you have an 80 minute movie that devotes an entire like musical montage to murders that you've already seen on screen, it's like they're really doing their best not to overwhelm you with like new stuff. You know what I mean? It's like a a callback to all the cool stuff that you've already seen. I I just really appreciate that. And so there's this cool montage of all that stuff. yeah the song gradually speeds up and you see her murder everybody and then that like one girl gets pushed off the cliff and then it's sort of the like the way it ends is Angela kind of runs away and she gets in a truck with this woman who's making these kind of like stupid like 80s like bumper sticker jokes about like I'm too fat to cook and too stupid to drink or something like weird, (laughs) she's this weird lady in a cowboy hat and the the camera is like, you're looking from the hood of the car into the car so you're seeing the whole front seat and the woman is driving on one side like chain smoking cigarettes and Angela gets in on the other side and she's like could you open a window? Like she's super rude to this woman who just picked her up for, like you did not have to pick her up, right? Like Angela get your shit together, like you'll catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar you know, but she's just not interested in honey and so um, <coughs> obviously she murders this woman and takes her cowboy hat, and so the, what I was expecting to happen, right, like, um, at the end of, I think, House of a Thousand Corpses, uh, ooh, that's a classic movie I should do, although I feel like there's a bunch of, like, rape stuff in that that I don't want to... I don't really remember. Maybe there wasn't, maybe that was in Devil's Rejects. Anyway, there's a scene at the end of House of a Thousand Corpses where there's like a truck driving away and the girl is leaving and then like Otis, the like one like murderer from that movie, just like kind of like, like clambers his way up from the back seat and you know that he's gonna murder everyone. So I was expecting that to happen, right? Like I was expecting Angela to be in the front seat of the car with the cowboy lady and then to have whatever the girl, who was like the final girl, climb out from the back and there was one shot where it looked like the cowboys like it looked like there was an arm coming out for the back but it just turned out to be the cowboy lady's arm as she was like getting a cigarette or something so it's like probably not even supposed to be a fake out I just like I wasn't paying attention right um but Angela murders the cowboy lady and then she's like driving away and this like final girl girl um she like runs up, and you kind of know what's going to happen, right? Like, she runs out of the forest, and there's the car, and she runs up to the car, and she's like, oh my God, there's a murderer. Will you please drive me to safety? And Angela says some, like, line, like, blah, blah, and then presumably murder her, murders this final girl, right? Um, and... The interesting thing is this is the second movie in a row where Angela doesn't die at the end, right? Like, this is how you know she's the protagonist. Like, it's she's just there to kill everyone, right? And she kills everyone. That's, like, <laughs> what happens in this movie. Um, and so, I guess that's probably all I have to say about it. Um, I didn't mention the part where... Early on when she's the counselor, she keeps like killing people And then she'll kill them and then she'll be like, Oh yeah, I asked them, I told them that they were behaving inappropriately and they had to go home Like, she'll come back and tell, like, the camp manager, like, boss guy Who I guess, I think she calls him her uncle at one point I think he might be one of the homosexuals from the first movie that, like She has the flashback to seeing these homosexuals, like, making out And it's what makes her have the freak out that ends the first movie Although now that I think about it, he might be too old. He might be a different uncle. Cause I think those homosexuals might've been like one of them or both of them might've been her uncle. Um, it's like, it's kind of unclear, right? Like at the end of uh, sleepaway camp one, she would murdered all these people, right? She's like holding this decapitated kid's head in her lap. And then like everybody finds her and she's like screaming naked. Um, like, what happened between the end of Sleepaway Camp 1 and Sleepaway Camp 2, unhappy campers, right? Like, there's no mention, really, of what happened. It's just, like, it's a different camp. It's like the camp down the road where they're like, yeah, that thing that happened five years ago at the nearby camp is, um like, legend, not, like, an actual thing that happened as far as we're concerned. You know what I mean? Like, how it, it's unclear how she continues to use the name Angela, right? She has, like, not changed her identity at all. I guess she had a sex change, so now that, like, her, like, sex change has gone through, she's, like, unrecognizable to other people. Like, I guess, like, sex change plus, like, puberty means, like, people just can't tell that she's, like, Angela who killed all those people a couple summers ago. I don't know. It's 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 funny. Like it's like especially if that dude's her fucking uncle, right? Like if he's her uncle, is he a new uncle that she hasn't had before? Did she like get adopted into a different family where there's an aunt who like just married this uncle who's like 65 and he just doesn't know his niece's history? Or like it's pretty unclear. Um, although what we have to assume is that. Angela, like, brilliantly orchestrated it, right? Like, she made shit happen. She's good at making shit happen, right? Like, if she wants to make herself feel better about her insecurity, about her own, like, gender performance by murdering a bunch of people, she'll make that happen, right? Like, she's a fucking go-getter. And so, <coughs> like I said, not, not as relatable, or not, like, as empathizable as she was empathizable with, I guess like, as she was in the first movie, but still a great character, still a classic film, still worth seeing, and, um, I don't know, I'm curious, like, if it's a septilogy now, what the overarching, like, plot structure is, right? Like, five acts, that's like Shakespeare. Is this, like, the second act of a Shakespeare play? I don't even remember what happens in the second act of a Shakespeare play. Is it, like, rising action like is there going to be some kind of like climax in sleepaway camp 3 teenage wasteland i don't know dude i'll keep you posted in the meantime i want you to know that the theme song for this podcast is as emo as we will ever be by gorgon and uh that's all i got did i even do a greeting this time i meant to say hey babies uh i think i i think i forgot to so uh see you later babies